You're listening to the Flow on Effect podcast, a podcast that is intended to educate women about pelvic floor and pregnancy-related conditions, presented by two physiotherapists, Charlotte and Heidi, who specialise in the area of pelvic floor and are based in Sydney's Sutherland Shire. Materials and content in this podcast are intended as general information only and should not be substituted for individualised medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Hey everybody, so it's Charlotte and Heidi here from Flow Physio Co. So we thought we'd kick off our podcast by introducing ourselves and answering some questions that have come through on our socials over the week. So we're both physios who have a special interest in women's health. We work in the Sutherland Shire. So Heidi, tell us about why we're doing the podcast. So I guess we really want uh, to use our podcast to try and educate women about issues that they might be having that they can seek help from a women's health physio for. Um, I guess heaps of women think it's normal to have incontinence or like a bit of leaking or pain after giving birth, like as an example. And we just want to use our podcast to kind of talk through these issues, open up the conversation so that women can start to understand what's normal what's not normal and that they don't have to put up with a lot of these issues and i guess i think one of the hardest parts of our job is when we have to tell someone who's that they've got a prolapse or something that they never even knew existed or could happen to them um, because they just don't know about it they haven't been told about it so we want to try and use the podcast to try and help educate women about their own bodies yeah so i agree i think education is power and if more people are aware than they know that they're just not alone yeah so Heidi let's start by introducing you so how long have you been a physio for and what made you want to do women's health physio so I've been a physio for about six years now and yeah didn't ever have that you know long-term passion for women's health or know that I that's what I wanted to do for a long time um, it more just happened that I was doing musculoskeletal physio and wanted to increase my skills and wanting to know more about treating women's health just so that it wasn't a gap in my knowledge or something that I didn't know how to treat. And so it happened that when I went and did the course that I really liked it, really enjoyed it, and then ended up finding a passion for treating women's health patients. Um, So yeah, that's kind of how it all happened when I went to do the course. So how long have you been here at Flow Physio Co for? So I've nearly been here for a year now and yeah, absolutely loving the change in caseload from doing predominantly musculoskeletal to now doing predominantly women's health. And yeah, it's really good. So with your kind of 100% caseload of women's health, what's your favourite thing about women's health physio? I love so much about women's health at the moment is the change that you can actually make to someone's quality of life. So we see a lot of women who will come in and report that they can't go for a walk without heaviness or they can't go to the gym without leaking. They can't do kind of just day-to-day activities without feeling symptoms. And part of our job is to find ways that we can help treat those symptoms and take those away so that they can live a completely normal life and not be restricted in terms of what sort of exercise they can do or even just being able to pick their kids up and um, not feel yeah heaviness or any sort of symptoms. So yeah, I really like the treating the postpartum return to exercise. That's probably one of my favorite things to treat at the moment. 
And yeah, it's really awesome seeing women going from that six week postnatal check that we do um, and taking them through a pelvic floor stress test at 12 weeks postnatal and um, getting them back into whatever, whatever sort of exercise and strengthening they're wanting to get back to. So helping people return to exercise is a huge part of what we do. What do you do, Heidi, to stay active yourself? Yeah, so I play netball a couple of times a week, um, depending on what season we're in. Um, And otherwise, I do F45. um, So I'm in the gym at least a few times a week. And then sometimes on the Esplanade doing a walk on the weekends. Really practicing what you preach. Trying to, yeah. And so Charlotte, let's introduce you next. So how long have you been at Flow Physio for? So I've been at Flow Physio Cove since we opened about three years ago. And then before that, I was at a practice in Cronulla for around five years. Yeah, nice. So you've been doing women's health for a little bit longer than me. What's your um, favorite thing to treat and why? So my favorite thing to treat is definitely pelvic organ prolapse. So one of the main reasons I like to treat that is because within the birth of my son, I suffered a prolapse myself. So I'm really aware of kind of exactly what it feels like, can really empathize with the woman about what they're going through. Um, And really the fact that it's so common that kind of 50% of women at some point in their life have a prolapse. So um, I just love treating it. There's so much we can do to help. Yeah, 100%. So how old is your son and are you having any more children? So my son is three um, and I don't have any more, but I've got one in the belly. So (laughs) I'm due in March, which is exciting. So how's your pregnancy going and will you be having another vaginal birth? So the pregnancy is going pretty well so far. Um, I was really sick at the start, but I feel like I'm just coming out the other side now and feeling pretty good. Um, So yeah, I had a vaginal birth with my son three years ago, but this time I'm having an elective cesarean, purely for the fact that I had to have some surgery after my son was born. um, And now I just want to protect the pelvic floor a little bit more. And so how are you exercising in pregnancy? So in the first trimester, I literally couldn't do anything because I was so sick, (laughs) which um, I lost so much of my strength. So I just had to kind of start again and rebuild everything. So at the moment, I'm doing one PT session a week, which is mainly just strength training and then doing one or two Pilates sessions in here a week to work on kind of core and pelvic floor. So at the moment, that's working really well and hopefully I can keep it up until kind of um, that cesarean happens. Yeah, it's awesome. It's really good to try and keep up the strength for your outcomes after yeah, birth. Yeah, can make such a difference. Yeah. Okay, so each week we're going to discuss a different topic, and so today we're going to be talking about incontinence. Currently, the stats are over five million Australians are affected by incontinence. So that's a huge <laughs> amount of yeah. people that are suffering something that can be treated. Yeah, exactly. Um, So what we thought we'd do today is kind of break down the different types of incontinence, what they are, and what symptoms you get when you've got them, and then how we go about assessing and sort of treating those conditions. Yeah. So I reckon probably the most common incontinence issue that people have is stress incontinence. Yeah. So Heidi, tell us what stress incontinence is. Stress incontinence is a type of incontinence that you get like leaking urine when there's an increase in pressure in the abdominal cavity. So with activities like coughing, like sneezing, running, jumping, like even laughing, 
Um, anytime that there's an increase in pressure in the tummy, there's a pressure place through the bladder. And if the pelvic floor isn't strong enough to kind of counteract that pressure coming down through the tummy, then a woman can leak. Yeah. So that's what stress incontinence is. So what would someone come to the clinic and present with if they had stress incontinence? What would be their symptoms? So I guess the probably the most common thing that we see is women who go back to exercise or go back to sport or um, even pre pre pregnancy or pre having children. Um, Yeah, leaking with sport, leaking with like box jumps, leaking with skipping, leaking with running, um, or yeah, just women that can't sort of hold their bladder when they cough or, or when they sneeze so yeah. yeah they'll present to us with yeah that sort of just complaint of leaking that they can't control or stop so is treatment different we treat people differently for when it's kind of when they're laughing coughing sneezing as opposed to like running and box jumps and stuff like that if the only time that a woman is getting leaking is with a cough or a sneeze then it's slightly easier i guess to treat um like they get results, I guess, quicker if we can train up their pelvic floor because sometimes it can just be like a timing or a coordination issue yeah. that their pelvic floor is not squeezing before they do that cough or that sneeze, which generally should happen kind of automatically. You don't really have to think about it. You just do that activity and your body sort of stops you from leaking. But quite often if there's a weakness in your pelvic floor or post-birth, if you're a bit looser in that area and you haven't done enough kind of strengthening to get that control back, it can just be as simple as, okay, let's strengthen up your pelvic floor and let's use the knack, which is a little technique that we use where you'll squeeze your pelvic floor just before you cough or just before you sneeze so that then you've got that opposite pressure kind of coming upwards through your pelvic floor to counteract that pressure coming down through your tummy yeah so it's more of a timing coordination yeah whereas more like with running or with box jumps or with skipping and things like that which are obviously things that you're going to be doing multiple reps and you're going to require that pelvic floor to be on for heaps longer yeah sometimes you don't you're not going to have that pelvic floor strength to go for like a 30 minute run and feel like you can hold your pelvic floor it's just not gonna happen yeah um so then we look at obviously still strengthening your pelvic floor because that's super important but we might also fit the person for like a pessary or a like contiform device which is something that can be inserted into the vagina to help um close off the urethra which will then help stop them from leaking and that's something that can be kind of put in and then taken out you can be just worn for that activity it's not something that we generally get you to wear for stress incontinence all day every day yeah and that can be a really good option for some women and i think we could do a whole podcast on yeah what exactly a continence pessary is yes. which is another idea yeah, for us we'll probably get to that at some stage too yeah all right so let's move on to urge incontinence next so charlotte do you want to tell us what urge incontinence is yeah so urge incontinence is quite different to stress incontinence so urgency is when you get a really sudden strong desire to urinate that comes on kind of all of a sudden and you have to really sprint to the bathroom urge incontinence is where you're leaking on the way so it's you're so busting that you're almost at the toilet and then a lot of women are leaking it can vary from a few drops or some women unfortunately it can pretty much kind of empty their bladder yeah how would you distinguish that being different if someone like what would someone come in and say that they had that would make you think they've got urge incontinence so a lot of the time they come in and many women have some triggers so they'll normally say that 
they get home and they put the keys in the door and they'll feel that sudden intense urge and by the time they make it to the bathroom then they leak that's really common another common trigger is running water so they might hear like the shower they're washing the dishes and they'll get that sudden urge some women don't have triggers and it'll just randomly happen so they'll be kind of like walking out walking to the shops and it'll happen which is really kind of scary and yeah they get anxious about it yeah um so yeah they're the kind of main things that people present with yeah and so how do you go about treating urge incontinence like how is that different to stress incontinence and i guess how do you go about treating those specific triggers so urge incontinence is really important that you get kind of a diagnosis off your women's health physio or doctor because there can be so many different reasons for urge incontinence Mm. so a lot of people think that they're leaking and they need to be doing pelvic floor pelvic floor exercises which for some women that can be good but for other women it can be the opposite and can actually make things worse because their pelvic floor is already because their pelvic floor is already working and it's grippy and it's on and then squeezing can make that bladder spasm right even more right yeah so other treatment options are bladder training which we can do like a strict bladder schedule um we can expose you to your triggers so we do it kind of really gradually um, but yeah, it's really important to get that assessment first. So normally the physios will get you to fill out a bladder diary and see exactly what's going on. Yeah. And then we can make you a treatment plan cool. after that. Yeah. So moving on, the next one that we're going to cover is overflow incontinence. So Charlotte, do you want to tell us what that is? So overflow incontinence is probably one that doesn't get mentioned very much. It's not as common as all the other incontinence. So this is more so when the bladder can't completely empty, so it fills up and there's a constant kind of dripping overflow of urine. So you don't get the leaking when you have a sudden urge. You don't get the leaking when you have kind of a laugh, a cough, a sneeze. It's more so just leaking randomly. So it's actually way more common in men than it is in women because it can happen from an an obstruction. So in men it can happen because they have like an enlarged prostate. When it happens in women, sometimes it can be because there's a fibroid or a tumour or something that is obstructing the bladder. So if that's the case, we always like you to go to your doctor, get some scans, get some ultrasound so we can kind of rule out anything else going on. Yep. How common is that compared to the other types that we've discussed? It's definitely not as common. So stress incontinence is the most. Urgency would be kind of a strong second. And then overflow, we do see it in the clinic, but, yeah, definitely not as common. Yeah. So do you recommend that if someone thinks they've got those symptoms based on what we're sort of talking about, would you recommend that they go to their GP first or that they come and see us? They could do either. I think if they go straight to the GP, if they have a good GP, hopefully they do the kind of right investigations. Yeah. But if not, we'd be able to flag it in our history. And if we want you to get those extra tests, then we'd send you send you off to the doctor. Yeah. Cool. So I guess we've gone through the three in incontinence kind of options then what is mixed incontinence if someone says they have mixed incontinence what does that mean so mixed incontinence is essentially any combination of having like more than one of those so the the most common mixed incontinence is if someone's got stress incontinence and urge incontinence and so quite often i think we see clinically stress incontinence presents most commonly with urge incontinence and sometimes stress incontinence can actually lead to someone getting urge incontinence as well yeah so does if someone has mixed does that make it harder to treat 
I guess, yes, in a lot of ways, because we're not just treating one symptom. We're treating, well, we're treating leaking for lots of reasons. We're treating leaking because of a potential like pelvic floor weakness. Potentially they're not having um, that timing um, with their pelvic floor contraction, but then they're potentially also getting that urgency and they're leaking on the way to the toilet as well. So it's not just one thing that's causing the problem. So yep. you've got to treat both of those causes yeah. to fix the problem. So if somebody is leaking and they're, they're not sure why, they just know yep. that sometimes they're leaking, yep. what should they do? Um, so they should come and see a women's health physio. Um, if there's someone in your area that you know of or someone that your GP recommends, um, and then generally that women's health physio will go through all your bladder symptoms. They'll be able to narrow down exactly what's causing the problem and talk to you about your treatment options. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we can wrap up this kind of first episode of our podcast yeah. and we can just see. So if you have any questions or topics or anything you want us to answer, if you just go to our socials, so either Instagram or Facebook, and then you can just kind of pop us a question and yeah. then we can answer it next week. Awesome. See ya. Yeah. <laughs>